This is episode 144 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Minton, Rich Howe, and Kyle Perkins. Uh, Kyle Perkins, you're muted right now, my friend. We can't hear all the wonderful things that you're saying. Oh my gosh, it's still doing it. Oh no. Okay, we'll get we'll try to get Kyle back here. All right, we'll get him on there. We'll get him back here in a little bit. All right, welcome in everybody. This is Catfish on Ice, episode 144. As we get closer and closer to the regular season, Kyle's going to figure out why we can't hear him. Uh, He's freaking out. We are brought to you by DraftKings and Raycon Global. They make earbuds. They make headphones. They are an awesome new sponsor of the Hockey Podcast Network and the Catfish on Ice podcast. We are so grateful and thankful to have our new partnership with Raycon. We have an awesome deal for you with our promo code THPN, and you can get 15% off right now on your Raycon earbuds order right now. So go take advantage of that. They are some really nice earbuds. We're going to talk more about them later in the episode. But Rich... How are you doing, man? We'll wait to get Kyle back here, but Rich, how are you doing, man? Good. Not bad. Just, um, <clears throat> it, 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 it just strikes me as odd. The season hasn't already started yet, and we're already getting smack talk about the Whoa. fantasy league that's coming up. Shots fired already from already. Lindsay. Hello, Lindsay. She's going to kick everybody's butt this year in the, in the uh, fantasy league. She did really, really well last year. I do remember that. She was at the top for the majority of the season. She did a lot of uh, butt-kicking last year, that's for sure, if I seem to remember correctly. It's going to be a lot of fun. We do have a contest going on right now on Twitter. We expanded the league to 16 teams. We went from 12 teams to 16 teams. So we've got four slots open. We've got a little bit of a retweet follow contest going on right now on our Twitter page at Catfish Ice. We've already had a few people retweet it, some listeners of the show. Once we give this a few more days, we will pick a our four winners to join the league. So stay tuned for that. Kyle, can we hear you, man? Nope. I wish I was a really good lip reader lip reader. I can tell that he just said what. But other than that, I'm not I'm not the best lip reader. All right, he's gonna okay. work on it. He Keep might maybe on, you're good. You might have to sign back in, man. We'll see. Um, we'll get him back. But uh, Rich got a fun episode lined up here. Yeah, man. We are gonna have a little bit of a trade theme going on here. It's just been kind of interesting. I love going on websites like catfriendly.com and there's yes. a little tab you can click on where you can look at trade history and you can literally look back at every trade mm-hmm. that the predators have made over like the last you know 12 years or so yeah I, I just love going back down and it's always hindsight 2020 you know looking back at these trades. yeah and then you look at um you look at some of the trades that have happened recently and you're just like some people are mad some people love it it just depends on you know the mood and there's in. and recently there's been a lot of very impactful trades that the predators have made that have shaped this current team into what they look like now yep. and that's kind of why we're getting into this uh this main topic tonight of looking back at past trades all right i think we can hear kyle now can we hear you man god i hope so we can yeah we hear your lovely what voice now kyle i was all stoked and pumped to do the intro and i had it planned out Y'all wait till next week. Y'all wait till oh, yeah. next week. 
It's, it's all good, awesome. man. We're just happy that we can hear your wonderful Kentucky voice right now, man. I have no clue what happened because we were talking before we started and it was fine. <laughs> you got to love technology, man. Technology can be both your best friend and your enemy all at the same time. Lindsay says, hey, Kyle. She says, Kyle. It's Kyle. Kyle in all caps there. Kyle all right. Caps. So. Kyle. Yes. All right. So then we are going to move out of that segment of looking at past trades and we are going to look into the future and discuss some current players on this Predators team who are high up on that trade block. They could be the next player to be traded Mm -hmm. from the Predators. We got a lot of uh, speculation to do there. I know that there are some players out there that people have been throwing around that we will probably be talking about tonight in that segment we got to talk about our most hated teams bracket. We are down to two cool. teams, everybody. Two teams. It's crazy, too. I checked it earlier, and there was one overwhelming winner at this point, but I haven't checked it recently. I, I think mean, we all know who it is. Yeah, it's just – it's pretty <laughs> we'll freaking funny it. here. It is very it's, funny. It's, it's, it's pretty hilarious. funny that we have gotten to the Penguins and the Blackhawks, as you can see down below there, in our championship mm-hmm. round of most hate teams for Preds fans bracket. You can vote on our Twitter page, at Catfish Ice. What are the results right now? Let's see. We are at 63% for the Blackhawks and 38% for the Penguins. The Blackhawks have ran away with every matchup this, this round. They I mean, really are hated. It's been like 85 80% Blackhawks. Yep. Uh, landslide, but finally, maybe the Blackhawks have met their match as far as maybe. teams that the Predators fans cannot stand. Maybe. Did you Possibly. see – there's already been like 80 votes. Oh, yeah. It's it going to get awesome. up there. It's going to get up there. We've got the poll set for four days, so tell all your friends. Retweet it, at Catfish Ice. Let's get the vote numbers up there, yep. and let's see what happens here. Yep. Um I had to think about it for a long time. I really did before I voted. <laughs> it wasn't as clear cut as just, oh yeah, vote for the Blackhawks. Like I really wanted to vote for the Penguins because I, you know, of I can't stand Cindy Crosby. I can't stand Malkin. Um, I, I'm I'm so ready for the Penguins to just go away already. But they Coming. just stick around every year. Coming. I don't see. I don't, can't go on too much longer. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It just can't. It just can't. The time, father time is is uh, tapping <laughs> those boys on the shoulder. So. And then we we also got to talk about we got to round up our season preview. We've pretty much covered the entire roster, talking about every player on this team. We are going to lump the final portion of our season preview with all of those depth players, all those players fighting for roster position, maybe players who might start off in Milwaukee, but they'll work their way into the lineup. We will preview that portion of the team. And then, as always, we love to have fun and do something really cool to close out non-hockey related most of the time. Tonight, we are going to put out there our horrible movies that we secretly love. (laughs) That's funny. This is a uh, spinoff of Kyle's idea when we did our Guilty Pleasure songs um, a few episodes ago. And so this is a spinoff of that. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, If you're listening right now, everybody get in on the live stream, tell us some of your horrible movies that, that you uh, you're kind of ashamed of, but you'll watch them. You love them. So we want to hear them. Yes. That ought to be good. (laughs) That ought to be funny. That's for sure. 
I'm all right, Kyle. How about you, Kyle? How about you get us into our first segment here? Let's. How about you open things up? Talk about maybe one of the most significant trades that you think has most recently happened that has uh, shaped this current team. I think you have to go with the Mikhail Granlund, uh, Kevin Fiala trade because Matt Duchesne and Philip Forsberg don't have the years that they had last year without Mikhail Granlund. Uh, he facilitated so much. He was the leader in time on ice for all the forwards. He did. He played on the penalty kill. He played on the power play. I know Fiala looks a little bit more offensively skilled number-wise, but you can't argue with what Granny Apples has done since he's <laughs> came to Nashville, especially since John Hines has taken over. Uh, under Lavi, he was hot that, garbage. That's a key, very key fact right there. Yeah. Under Laviolette, he was hot garbage. He spends a couple years with John Hines, and he's putting up monster assist numbers and is arguably the backbone of one of the best lines in hockey. Uh, You know, it's hard to say trade winners and losers, but considering Fiala doesn't play for Minnesota anymore, I'm going to say Nashville won that one. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it it took a minute. It took a little bit, you know, like um, starting off, that was looking like a trade that the Minnesota Wild were going to win for sure. And it was starting to feel like, did the Minnesota Wild know something that we didn't? Because suddenly Granlin's gone from pushing to be a 70-point scorer two seasons in a row to now he's like, can't even be a point. He's he's just – it started off really rocky. But to to what you just said – uh, a huge shift in his effect- effectiveness on this team happened when John Hines took over. It took a little bit, but um, now, I mean, he's third all time in single season assist. I mean, that alone right there is something that people seem to forget about for this sure. past season. A, a pretty big milestone for Granlin there last season. You can also just look at the the Laviolette effect on several players toward the end of his tenure with Nashville. And it took Hines a really good portion um, of his time here to get them straightened out to where they're even thinking about functional. Well. Functional. Yeah. That's a good, very good way to put it, just well, yeah. to get them to a functional space. I mean, when you look at it, when Granlin first joined the team there in 2018-19 season, mm-hmm. you got to think about where were the Predators at that point. They still had Stanley Cup aspirations, realistic yeah. aspirations. They're coming off of a President's Trophy season, a very heartbreaking second-round defeat, but the the um, the confidence was still very high in this team to be a deep postseason team. So David Poyle gets a little bold, decides to um, trade off arguably one of the – most highly talented homegrown forwards that the team has ever had in Kevin mm-hmm. Fiala, but it just wasn't working out for whatever reason. A lot of people have said that Fiala was just a little bit of a locker room cancer. Was not meshing well with the, with the rest of the locker room? There were <laughs> a lot of locker room issues going on at that time under Peter Laviolette. Let's just be honest about that. But, um, yeah, Gramley comes in, only puts up five points the remainder of that season in 16 games, and he was a complete non-factor in that mm-hmm. 2019 first-round loss to the Dallas Stars. And so that that right there alone, you're thinking, wow, we went out and traded for Granlin, and he gave us little to no impact yep. initially. 
or did Peter Laviolette screw the whole team? <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a good balance, man. You got to look at yeah. that. But yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, that was a that was a weird trade. Glad it's finally paying off. It's only taken, what, three years? Well, another way I look at it as well, well, obviously the Predators have won this trade because the Wild don't even have Kevin Fiala anymore, and they traded him away for pretty much nothing. Mm-hmm. They got a they got a draft pick and they got a prospect out of that trade. Yeah, for sure. Um, whereas the Predators continue to have Granlund at what I call a major bargain of a price. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and, you, and you look at it, he was he was originally a five point seven five million dollar player, and then he went to he was re-signed to a one year deal worth three point seven five million. That first time he re-signed with us 3.75 million that is Mm -hmm. insane for a player like Mikael Granlin and of course he gets the pay raise this year um but still a bargain in my opinion still a bargain so um you know we (laughs) like we like to rag on David Poyle a ton but you got to put this in the win column for him yeah yep Absolutely. Let's get into another um, another trade. Let's talk about Ryan Ellis and what how we view that trade looking at it today. I got to say it's another one where the Predators made out like bandits and they look pretty good about right about now. They, what do you think, they Rich? Did. They did. And, you know, at the time, obviously, everybody loved Ryan Ellis. I know we know a few people who <clears throat> didn't, but um, he was a loved – figure in Nashville and uh you know everybody it hurt when when they got when he got let go when he got traded um but now the way things have panned out like he played in Philadelphia for what like a week and then was hurt it really started off uh clearing the cap space to allow some of the moves that they've made today and that was the that was the huge win I know everybody's upset about you know Philippe Myers and whatever and whatnot but you know, you, you got to live that. with that. I can I live can with live the fact that Fleet Myers didn't work out. I don't think that's a yep. deal breaker I or anything. 100%. I mean, it's, uh, of course, the caveat and the big part of this whole deal is Cody Glass. We know right. that. Um, Still just imagine, even if Cody Glass doesn't become eventually a top six dynamic scorer, even if he just becomes a quality bottom six center. Mm-hmm. Then you're still going to call the Predators massive winners in this three team trade for sure. Uh, I mean, it's it's a no brainer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and you're looking at Ellis is still not even. He's going to miss the start of this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's still it. injured. It's just it's. it's I, yeah, he's such a sure. good dude. He's such a solid guy, and like you hope for the best for him. But I just don't know how he's ever going to to ever get close to the player he once was. And it's yeah. just – it's really hard to see a player's, player's promising career get cut short and derailed by unfortunate injuries, just a rash of injuries. Bad, you call it bad luck. Yeah. I mean, sure. it's, it's really hard to watch. Yeah, it is a bummer because everybody – like I said, everybody liked him so much. He's such a, you know, a, a good player and – did a lot for Nashville and in Nashville and just to see him get moved. It hurt. And, uh, you know, people were mad about it, but 
you can, when you look back, man, you can't even it's, – it's a no-brainer right now, like you said. So, And, I mean, whenever I tell people the first thing I remember of watching hockey is a Ryan Ellis play. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. I yeah. mean. Yep. I remember I mean, the, when he used to – when he used to wind up for that power play slap shot, much like mm-hmm. what Shea Weber did as well. I mean, you just felt like he was going to just blast it by the goaltender. And yep. the only way the goaltender was going to stop it is if he just accidentally got in the way. Like it was that mm-hmm. type of a powerful yep. slap shot. He was a really quality defensive. He was a two-way defenseman. And mm-hmm. he was a leader. He was captain worthy. He was yep. that type of player that carried himself. Yep. And – it was one of those things where you hate to see a player like that get traded, but it was the right business decision. We said that at the time and it has completely panned out that way. Yeah. Stinks, so, for, him. Stinks for him, but <laughs> it worked out good for Nashville. Yeah. Um, another, let's talk about uh, the Victor Arvidsson trade. That's what I was. Yeah. I was going to talk about that one a little bit. Do we, um, we have a little bit of um, sellers remorse in that at all? I mean, RV ended up having a really, really good first year in LA. I mean, I mean, no one really is talking about it, but Victor Harvison had himself a really good first season in the, with the Kings last year. He did. He for sure did. The, the thing that sticks out the most about that trade. And you'll remember at the time when it happened, um, Everybody was mad at David Poyle because we never got anybody and he never made any moves. Uh, and then he pulled the trigger in a really big way and got rid of another hugely beloved player from Nashville in Arvidsson. And then everybody turned against Poyle. Why did you get rid of him? I wanted, you know, they want, they wanted changes, but they didn't like the changes that he made because they got rid of his, their favorite player. But it just seemed like he didn't fit in anymore in the, you know, in the system. Um, he just struggled. I know he got hurt a couple times. And, and I mean, um, you know, the, the Predators got a couple draft picks out of it. I mean. Which they turned into Zachary LaRue. That's true. Boom. Yeah. There you go. Thanks for, thanks for re- reminding everyone about that, what that mm-hmm. player ended up being. Um, yeah. It, it, it's about acquiring draft capital at that point. Right. Yeah, so, sure. I mean. That I don't think we can necessarily call it a win or a loss on this trade yet. I think it's too early to, to state that one way or the other mm-hmm. because you don't know what's going to happen with Zachary Lurie. We won't know the true answer to this question for years to come. we got to wait to see what if Zachary Lurie ends up making it to the NHL, what kind of impact he has. And we got to wait and see if Victor Arvison just keeps finding the fountain of youth. He just got done having his third highest point total of his career this past year. 49 points. Yep. 12 shy of his career high. So, I mean, mm-hmm. he's not slowing down necessarily. But no. at the same time, was there room for him on the Preds anymore? Was it really working? We might not ever know, Yeah, to be quite honest. No. I think Los Angeles, they just play a different style of hockey, obviously, than Nashville. And Arvidsson just didn't fit in, just didn't fit the fit the mold anymore of the – of the what are you gonna what are you gonna call it the identity? identity. <laughs> he didn't fit in there's the that word. There's that word, word we love. that we love so much. Yeah. So, all right. I, let's still, I love him. I love Victor Arvidsson. I always liked him. I think he's really cool. I like watching him play. So, let's talk about another 
current player on this team that was traded for. People forget about this sometimes, but let's talk about how the Predators quietly didn't get a lot of fanfare at the time, but they traded for Connor Ingram, who was basically a castaway from the Tampa Bay Lightning organization, was battling a lot of stuff personally, just needed new scenery, Mm -hmm. and the Predators took him on as a project goaltender of sorts. Ingram ends up going to the AHL for the Admirals and it ends up being their bell cow starting goaltender, the best goaltender in the league that year. For sure. And, I mean, up until when the Predators went out and oddly got Kevin Lincoln, and I thought for sure that Connor Ingram was going to be our backup this year. He still could end up being the backup after this season. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in the next segment, my thoughts on that. But, yeah, the Connor Ingram trade. What do you guys think about that? I'll go back and find when that was. Is that yeah, they traded him for a seventh rounder. Yeah, I mean. It was it, just nothing. Uh, I mean. That's crazy. That's crazy to think that they got a, what could possibly, at the very worst, end up, they could have gotten a backup goaltender. And I don't want to give away too much what I'm going to say in the next segment, but. At the very least, Connor Ingram's going to fetch you a good trade return if you end up deciding to trade him this right. year. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more. Which is why I keep refreshing my Twitter. So if you see me looking over to my right, because Kevin Weeks posted a thing with the big eyes and a goalie net. So, mm-hmm. oh. so. Yeah, okay. We might as well talk about it now and not even make people <laughs> suspenseful about it. Here's my thing on Connor Ingram. I, I saw the Kevin Weeks thing, but I didn't really think about it too much. But, yeah, he could be. It's, it's, I'm telling you, because here's the deal. Connor Ingram is going – he's going into the last season of his contract. Mm-hmm. And it, it comes down to the fact that he's capped out in the AHL. And I don't know – what his role is going to be in the AHL that's going to benefit him by playing another full season with the Admirals. I mean, yeah, he might go down there and be the best goaltender in the league again, and the Admirals will win a lot of games. And But that's not – he needs to be in the NHL at this point. Yeah. So Yeah, it was uh... – he's, he's a tradable. He's an expendable player now, unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. I think – when you look at the roster. So I don't know if you guys have checked the website lately, but they've got all the players are getting they're on the roster now because they're gearing up for a training camp or whatever. And um, with, with, when you look at the roster at Eskaroff uh, is coming up, you got obviously still sorrows. Lincoln has been in the league for a while. It just looks like, there's just not going to be a place for Connor Ingram, unfortunately. Um, Here's you just, just kind of yeah. read, read, look at the writing on the wall, and it just looks like something's. Here's the you know. only way I can see Connor Ingram being here past this season and not getting traded at some point in the next year is if Kevin if if Kevin Lankinen ends up just being horrendous, yeah, and they for some reason do have to make a switch. Midseason, and like we got to get, we're gonna get, we got to get Connor Ingram in here, and they can just admit that they were wrong and that signing Lankanen in the offseason was dumb. Yeah. Unless that happens, 
then they could think about next season to re-signing Ingram to be the backup. Mm-hmm. But then you're going to pretty much admit that you were flat out wrong this past sure. offseason. Yeah. Lindsay asked a question, does Ingram steal the backup role with an amazing, amazing training camp? How many games does he get? That's a good question, and that's what it would take was would be to him to have an amazing – I don't, I don't, think amazing, anything, I don't amazing. really think there's anything you can prove in training camp Yeah. to – Put yourself ahead of a $1.5 million Kevin Lankinen. That's true. I mean, what what can you really prove? What I mean, what I mean, that would be that would just be odd to me because then what then what did you sign Kevin Lankinen for? That would be like so I don't see that happening. He's either yeah. gonna get traded or he's gonna start off in Milwaukee and he's gonna continue to be a a player on the trade block for the mm-hmm. entire season until the trade deadline gets here. For sure, there are, there are so many teams out there that are goalie, goalie yep. deprived. Vegas, and they <laughs> would they would line up at the door, mm-hmm. beat down the door to get Connor Ingram services, and they would probably offer up some some good stuff for the press mm-hmm. to take in return. What do you think, Kyle? I just think it's so crowded. I was talking uh, today with uh, Bradford and. We were just discussing the goalie pipeline, and now that there's no ECHL affiliate, so that means Vomachka doesn't have a home. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got this many goalies, which is great in a way because if somebody gets hurt, you've automatically still got enough people that everybody's got a spot. Yeah. But man, you got to start wondering where you're going to put all of them. I mean, you can't carry three goalies on the NHL roster. You can't carry. Well, I guess you can carry three on an AHL, but um, it's just – There is a lot when you look at it. If you're looking at it right now, yeah, there's six on the roster. I mean, there was, there was no reason to think that Connor Ingram hadn't earned himself the backup role after what he did in game two. He should have stole that game for the Predators. He did everything humanly possible to do it. And if he just gets a little bit of goal support in that game, then the Predators steal game two on the back of Connor Ingram. I just don't mm-hmm. know how – I just don't understand what the long-term plan is for the organization other than to trade him. Yeah. So, when, it, go ahead, Kyle. It's just – it's all very confusing. You've got Askarov doing his pictures with a new Preds mask. Most of the time, goalies that do not come up and do not play a game in the NHL do not have a Preds mask. They will only have an Admiral's mask. Mm -hmm. So that leads me to think maybe they're planning on him getting a couple at some point this year as well. You never know. It's just – It's going to be fun to watch for sure. Interesting. Yeah, when – we all remember how confused we were when they did sign Lincoln in. We were kind of like, what is going on? And when that happens, when something like that happens, it makes me wonder there's something behind the scenes that the off the front office sees or doesn't see in Connor Ingram to make them make a move like that. It just, there's, there's something that we don't know, or, you know, there's something that they don't like about, uh, having him on the roster, unless it's to, you know that they that they knew all along they might trade him. I don't know. It's just makes me just kind of always wonder that. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a definitely a storyline that we're going to have to watch 
throughout the season just to see what happens. Um, I mean, we can find out something before the season even starts when it comes to Connor Ingram, just yep. talking about that Kevin Weeks tweet. And if, if it does end up being Ingram, I want to know where Kevin Weeks is going to be because he always reports his breaking news in the most random places. For sure. His backgrounds are – he's always, like, in the most random places. Like, there will be, like, palm trees behind him or there will be, like, a – I don't know. It's just random all the time. I, I love that he's made it his own. Like, he's – it's it's become his thing. And I, I just – I thoroughly enjoy Kevin and his coverage. Yeah, Although awesome. I really don't like what he's doing right now, leaving everybody on. So, <laughs> I, I saw he, – he posted a picture of a city, and I'm just dumb. What city is it's that? It's Montreal. Oh, okay. Right. And the, the, the net is also in Bell Center in Montreal. Okay, I didn't pay that much attention. But, no, no, that's cool. Something's going on. He is definitely, like you said, making it his own. That's awesome. All right, so those are some of the biggest trades that have happened recently. Of course, we can't put a verdict one way or the other on the trades that they've made this offseason. You know, they traded for Ryan McDonough. I mean, you got to think that's going to work out as a win because they didn't give up anything for it. Um, of course, they traded Luke Cunning away. Um, that looks like a great move now, and it should be. But sure. um, Matthew Olivier was traded because there just wasn't room for him on the roster. So, um, yeah, a lot of trades recently. The Predators have been very active in the trade market over the last few seasons. It's good to see. It, it was it was time. It needed to start happening for sure. Yeah, there needed to be some movement going on. It, it got a little stagnant. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to look into the future a little bit. We've already kind of discussed Connor Ingram. Again, everybody, this is Catfish on Ice, episode 144, presented by Raycon Earbuds and DraftKings. Use promo code THPN for 15% off your Raycon Earbuds order and and use our promo code at DraftKings for some exclusive offers on college football, NFL football, the whole nine yards. It's all great. It's all fun. We will tell you more about those later on in this episode. Let's talk about – we just brought up Connor Ingram as one player who we feel like is high up on the trading block. I'm going to throw out another one that's getting a lot of talk, and that is Dante Fabro. Um, He's a player that (laughs) I think you could get a decent trade package in return for him. It could be one of those deals where – both teams are highly benefited from a trade because there are teams out there that could use a Dante Fabro on their team. And hopefully that team that you trade with can give you something that you need, like another score for the bottom six, possibly. Um, what do you guys think about the possibility of trading Dante Fabro before the trade deadline next, next, uh, next spring? I think it's very good chance that that could happen. Um, that's another one of those. He's another one of those players that, um, you know, I don't remember which season it was, but he was, you know, inexplicably uh, not playing and nobody knew why. And there was just something going on, you know, that we didn't know what was happening because we, you know, we're not in the know. So um, I think he's another one that could definitely be gone. At the trade deadline. Yep. He's um, I mean, here's my thing. He still has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. 
And the reason why I think he's could be a very attractive trade piece for another team out there is that he's still really young. Yeah. And he does still do a lot of things well. He's not superstar talent on any level. He doesn't do anything really exceptionally well, but he does everything kind of well, if that makes sense. Like he's kind of okay in everything. Like he's good enough to where there's a team out there that would love to have him. If they yep. and take him on as a project, really, because of his age. Mm-hmm. The, the only thing I think Fabro has going for him is he's a right hand shot. That's <laughs> that's literally about the only thing, and he can sometimes, once every now and again, skate down the ice and not fall down. Uh, I just. <laughs> I'm out on Fabro. I think, I think you're underestimating his. He has some good defensive skills to his game. He can be. He's a good stay-at-home defenseman. But how many times have you seen him just look, looking at the puck as somebody goes by him with it? He's, I mean, but he, Kyle, he's 24 years old. Can we at least say that he could definitely improve? He hasn't even entered the prime years of his career yet. He got thrown to the wolves, Kyle. He did get thrown to the wolves, and I blame Nashville and their mismanagement of him for that. He was not given the time to develop uh, correctly as he should. He should have spent time in the AHL, but no, they dropped him right into the big lineup. Uh, I just don't think he's defensively aware enough to be a stay-at-home defenseman with a Yossi, with, with somebody of that type of play because he's just not defensively sound enough. That was why Yossi and uh, Ellis worked so good together, because Ryan Ellis was always in position. He was always in the right spot to, to, to help save the day defensively if Yossi was activated. That's why Carrier and Yossi have been so good together, because Carrier can play that good defensive game. And be that support, but can come up when he needs. I just don't think Dante has it in him to be like that last man standing and be okay. I don't. I think he gets in that situation and freaks a little bit. I don't think you're going to have to worry about him being with, like, say, a Yossi. He's going to be with, like, say, a Lazan or a Borbieski is what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm thinking you're probably right. <laughs> this is funny real quick. I know uh, – Justin Gambino's in here. Every time I tune in, everybody's hating on Fabro. It's the it's the uh, it's the weekly hate on Fabro segment. We're going to do All it right every now. week until he's gone. All right. Well, so again, we're talking about a player going into the final year of their current contract. He will hit. He will be a restricted free agent if he is still on this team. Yep. At the end of this season, and yep. so that's why he is such a tradable player. Because whoever does trade for him, since he's a restricted free agent, they might have some bargaining power, some leverage if they do decide to keep him. Um, I don't see any scenario where Fabro is retained past this season if he's not traded. I don't think they would re-sign him to a new contract. I think they would, you know, let 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 another team go after him. But at that point, I would rather trade him. That's another yeah, reason why he's sure. so tradable. Yeah, you know. If he was on another team, you know, he, he would probably do well. 
do better than he does with Nashville. I mean, it just – It wouldn't surprise me. It, he has to be in the right system and be, on the, and be in that right – right spot yeah. and um but yep. yeah i don't see him having a long-term future with the predators and that's kind of um it's a little unfortunate to say because if you would ask me that question two years ago yeah i'd be like oh he's definitely got a long-term future when he first signed this contract that he's on right now yep back in 2021 so i guess yeah so that was only last year but still even then when he signed this contract i was thinking yeah he still has a future here but that has yeah. changed very quickly after signing Ryan McDonough, after seeing huge. after seeing Jeremy Lazan join the team, after seeing Ale- Alexander Carrier blossom into a really strong top four defenseman. You just you keep seeing Dante Fabro move further and further down the depth chart. Yep, for sure. Writing's on the wall. It's another one of those. And then let's 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 talk about another player that we we don't really hate on this player, but he does get a lot of criticism, and that's Ellie Tolvanen. Um, I don't put him on the same level as Fabro as far as like it's. I don't think it's that bad yet, but I still find him to be a very tradable player. He could actually be your biggest trade asset that you have right now, because much like Fabro, but for a much different reason. There's a lot of teams out there who would love to take on an Ellie Tolvanen as a project. They they know his raw talent and his skills are there. And it might come down to the Predators are just ready to move on from that and get something in return. Um, what do you guys think about that? Do you think Tolvanen could be a, a realistic trade piece before the deadline, especially if, he's, if his offensive struggles continue? Go ahead, Kyle. Unfortunately, because I love me some Ellie Tolvanen, I think he could be that piece uh, that does get moved, uh, cha- uh, like find another team that is looking for a change of c- scenery move for a guy, uh, somebody who should be producing a little bit more, and maybe they have a guy that's in the same boat, trade one for one, that kind of a deal. Um, that said, I really – I was thinking about training camp stuff earlier today and there's a line that I would really love to see get tried just to see as a potential fourth line. Uh, and that would be Cody glass, Ellie Tolman and Yuso Parson. And mm. I think that could be one dynamic fourth line because glass has the moves. Uh, Parson is, he just does everything well. And then you've got Tolvanen who hits people like he's it's his job and has this absolute cannon. And you've got to hope that it was kind of kind of like the year Duchesne had a couple of years ago when everything just looked hard. Yes. Everything just looked difficult. The it was a post every game or two posts a game. And that's the way it was for Tolvanen last year. And he has been widely touted as one of the most accurate and best scoring shooters that has come up in a while. Mm -hmm. And you really hope that 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 can't stay that way for another year. You hope he gets back to – gets that monkey off his back. So I really hope that he has a swing back year this year, but I think that line would be really fun to watch. Um because those two could make some room for him. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, that was what that was what was kind of unfortunate is like we waited for so long to finally get Tolvin in into the lineup, and then we we get him in there, and he has some success. He does well for a little bit, and then he got hurt, and then just last season was just a nightmare. I know that if you look at his stats, he did a lot of other good things um, that normally you don't get out of a player like him. But um, man, it was just it was just bad, and I really feel like you know he's got this is it. Like he's gonna have to do something. Mm-hmm. This this well this time around it is what it feels like. I kind of look at it this way too. Obviously, there's a lot of variables, but let's say the Predators are competing. Like let's say they're like second place, and the and the deadline's coming up, and maybe Tolvanen's playing okay, but he's not really doing a lot. And let's say the Predators see him as part of a larger trade package, and they go all in on adding a big-time player at the deadline. I could easily see a team that's selling off and trying to get younger mm-hmm. and giving up. I can't – I mean, I'm not going to name teams right now because it's, you know, we don't know who those teams will be yet. But let's just take a certain team that's that's having a really bad season. They're going to miss the playoffs, and they decide to become sellers. They would love to take on a player like Ellie Tolvin if they're deciding, okay, it's time to rebuild. And mm-hmm. that's where I could see the Predators trading an Ellie Tolvin if they go all in. And they're they're up there. Maybe they're like six points behind Colorado, but they're in second place, and they're they're looking really really good. And they become heavy buyers at the deadline for one more big time superstar player. Ellie Tolvin would be a part of a trade package where you could get a player like that. One hundred percent agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that and that's a that's a good. Um, He'd be a good piece to, to dangle in front of somebody too, because we know he can we know he can shoot and he's got it in him. He's just you know he had a he had a rough season and he's Last only he's bad and he's only got one more season left mm-hmm. on his current contract after this season. He's yeah. uh, currently signed for one point four five million, super cheap. So he, he, I think he'd be a really appealing player even with his struggles. He'd still be a very appealing player. Um, I'm hoping that he has a great season and the Predators don't see a need to trade him and that they're pretty satisfied with what they have and then we don't even have to have this talk. And then Tolvanen is a big piece of this lineup. Mm-hmm. But um, definitely – okay, I'm going to look at it from the other end of the spectrum. Hopefully this doesn't happen. But what if the Predators completely fall apart and are having a terrible season way out of the playoff race – as the trade deadline's getting closer mm. and they become sellers. Let's say David Poyle finally throws his hands up and says, you know what? I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I'm tearing it. it all down. <laughs> Everything must go. Mm. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. I think this seems pretty good, but let's just, <laughs> let's just say it might. You never know. Ryan Johansson is the one player that you might if you become heavy sellers, that you would unload at that point, in my opinion. You'd probably have to retain salary, but oh, yeah. that's fine. I'd retain yeah. salary. Uh, at that, He's the first player to go in my everything must go sale if that's what the Preds end up facing this season, is Ryan Johansson. He is on the main display at the front of the store when you walk in if everything's being sold off, is get yep. yourself a Ryan Johansson, a self-proclaimed top six center. Even after even after he had a little bit of a comeback season last year, he's never well, he had a really good year. 
He's never going to shake that. Yeah, I mean, if you really, he's never going to shake that. He's always going to be the first one everybody thinks of to get rid of. (laughs) I mean, and this this is going to not be a popular thing I'm about to say. If they really decide to, all right, we're done. We're blowing it up. UC Soros needs to be the first one traded. Boy. Oh, gosh. You, you want to get smack no, Pepperine while you're at it? I'm, I'm not saying I like it, but if you're going <laughs> to go. It would have things would have, they would really have to rip it apart. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, that would because be. think of it this way if you're going scorched earth rebuild, mm-hmm. you don't want to win games. UC Soros is going to win games. You're going to want Kevin Lankinen in that goal to lose games for you. Well, he's only signed one more year, though. Are you going to re-sign him in that scenario? He's only signed for one year. I mean, it doesn't really matter. You can sign an ECHL goal. No, I think up. If, we, if we went to that scenario where they trade – and I don't necessarily disagree with you if it went to that yeah, extreme. I mean, true. But if you went to that extreme, man, we're getting into hypotheticals here. All right. But if you went that extreme, then you would re-sign Connor Ingram and let Connor Ingram have keys to the car until until Iroslav gets up here. Yeah. That's what I would do if we went that route, if you traded UC Soros away. Woo, that would be crazy. Okay. But, I mean, you think right now, top three goalie in the league, what are you getting for him? You're right. Yeah, you're You're getting. A couple of firsts, a top round pros, a top round pick, a, probably a couple of prospects mm-hmm. for a guy that's that high in the league. Yeah, uh, that's the first guy that's going to get moved. And, and if you think about his contract, it's not that bad. It's a cheap contract. I mean, for who he is yeah. and what he's done for sure. So if Vegas is rolling, and with all their bad goaltenders and the Preds have fallen apart, UC Soros goes to Vegas. Confirmed. Oh, well, where we sit, where we sit right now in early September, I don't think the Predators have a long list of players that are tradable um, because I feel that David Poyle is extremely pleased with the roster he has going in. Um. I don't think they're one of those teams where, oh, like, oh my gosh, like anyone is willing to be traded right now. Like, it's it's a pretty short list. But as the season goes on, one way or the other, that list is going to grow and it's going to get, it, it always is every year. It's always interesting to see where are the Predators at? Are they going to be buyers? Are they going to be sellers? All that stuff. But that's going to wrap it up for our trade discussions tonight. It's been a lot of fun talking about that um, we went Kyle, start at the end yeah we uh, Kyle, Kyle, per- Kyle Perkins is going to give everyone nightmares tonight <laughs> thinking about trading away UC Soros so thank you for that Kyle we <laughs> apparently he doesn't like Soros and apparently he doesn't apparently he doesn't I'm just saying apparently he doesn't like Dante Fabro much either but you know like what? Okay, I'll own that one I'll own that one yeah um, he seems like a great kid it's just Hey, hey, we can always we can always bring hey we can always bring back Ben Harper if it'll make you feel better, Kyle. Oh boy, there you I go. will retire. <laughs> you go retire from watching hockey ever. Yes, oh, I'll scary. go watch underwater basket weaving or something like go. that. Hey man, you're not the only one that shares that Dante Fabro opinion. There's lots of people who feel the same way. So, 
All right, everybody. So let's talk, let's throw some love to our newest partner and sponsor of the Hockey Podcast Network and of Catfish on Ice, and that is Raycon earbuds. They Raycon wireless earbuds. These things are awesome. I've tried them. They are they are comfortable. They fit your ear really well. They're great for me personally. Like I love wearing the wireless earbuds when I'm running or when I'm lifting weights or doing stuff like that but you don't have to adjust them very much like they fit really good into your ear and they're really cool looking and the sound quality is amazing lately lately like when i've been at the gym i like to listen to different types of podcasts whether they're comedy podcasts or whether they're um, investigative historical podcasts and that's usually what i listen to when i'm using my raycon earbuds and like i said they are amazing they look feel and sound better than ever and they have eight hours of battery of playtime and 32 hours of battery life. Eight hours of playtime, 32 hour battery life. So that's pretty good there. I remember a lot of times when I've had these um, wireless earbuds, the battery runs out so fast. Like you can't even get through a full workout and they're already dying. Raycons, they will last very long time for you. And they have over 50,000 five star reviews. Pretty good stuff there. So you can use our promo code THPN right now to get 15% off your order. So go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN for that offer. Some cool earbuds there, guys. Mm-hmm. I've heard good we're, things about them. We're, we are guys. We're moving up on the world in the world here. We got DraftKings on one side, and we got these awesome earbuds by Raycon on the other side. I mean, yeah. And I'm looking. I actually went to the website to check them out. They're they're actually they're really affordable. Like they're not. You know, there's a you can you can get started with a with a good set for not a lot of money. So. Yep. They have noise isolation features, earbud tap functions, customizable sound profiles. Yeah, all kinds of cool features with these Mm -hmm. earbuds. I mean, it's crazy how technology just keeps evolving and getting more and more fancy. And Raycon is ahead of the game when it comes to earbuds for sure. So go check that out with our promo code THPN. All right, let's update everybody on the most hated teams for Preds fans bracket. We talked about it earlier, Penguins versus the Blackhawks. Kyle, who did you vote for? Did you vote for the Blackhawks? Yes. Yes, I did. I thought you probably did. Yeah. uh, It's hard not to kick that horse, even though it's (laughs) – Atten's been dead a bit, but we're going to keep kicking it. Uh, They're just – Terrible, terrible organization. Just uh, as much as I dislike the Penguins because they beat the Preds in the Cup, I dislike the Blackhawks for just everything else. It's just. And now, hopefully, we'll hopefully we'll get to watch them finish in last place behind the Arizona Coyotes. That would be amazing. That college team, the Coyotes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, even the Coyote, they they announced the national TV schedule for like ESPN and everything, and even the Coyotes are getting four four games on national TV. So good for them. The Predators are getting ten games on national TV, which is a pretty pretty solid number, right around the average for all the teams. You got a bunch of teams out there with like fourteen or fifteen games, but Preds are getting ten. Most of them are going to be on Hulu and ESPN Plus. They got a few games on TNT. And they've got one game on ABC, I believe, as well. Mm. So, um, yeah, uh, yep. they'll get some national TV exposure. Some really interesting matchups in those games. They're going to be playing against the Dallas Stars, the St. Louis Blues, the Chicago Blackhawks. They'll be going up against the Vegas Golden Knights in an ESPN featured game. They've got a late night game at the Seattle Kraken that, that I believe will be on one of the networks. So, yeah, they got some interesting matchups there. Do not ever look forward to watching a national televised game between the Blackhawks and the Predators because no matter what happens in the game, the Blackhawks can never do wrong. That's just how it goes. Oh, no. It's very unfortunate. But, you know. All right, so we are 93 votes in on this matchup, and it's 64.5% voting for the Blackhawks. 35.5% 35.5% voting for the Penguins. Four days left to vote on this poll. So, um, yeah. Who did you vote for? I voted for the Blackhawks, but I had to think about it for a second. It wasn't that no. – it really wasn't that cut and dry for me. Um, it was, I just don't – I've got some, I've got some uh, personal reasons why I don't like the Penguins. I've got a really good buddy from Pittsburgh who is one of the most annoying <laughs> – fans I've ever met in my life. I mean, he is sure. just and he's a big Penguins fan, but he's one of those he's one of those casual fans where he probably the only players he can name on the Penguins would be Malkin and uh and uh and Crosby. Crosby. But he still goes on about them like they're the best team ever. And I'm like, you can't even name five players on your team. <laughs> but when it's the Predators playing the Penguins, you better believe my phone's blown up with him trash talking me. Oh, so I think sure. I don't like the Penguins a lot because of him too. Yeah. That's 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 uh, you just have to know him. He's just one of those obnoxious sports fans. It's just annoying. That that makes sense (laughs) for sure. For sure, he he probably still thinks Flurry is their goaltender. That's how out of touch he is. Like he's just okay. He's probably not that bad. Okay, he's not that bad of a fan, but he's pretty bad. That's usually how it goes. So, but I did vote for the Blackhawks. So very cool. Keep voting, folks. Yeah, let's get those numbers up. All right. And also, we, uh, we're we going to be, like we said, we got four more slots open for the Fantasy Hockey League. So that's going to be really fun to do another league with that, um, with all of our awesome friends that listened to the show that were in the league last year. And then uh, so we're going to bring some new people into the show as well. And, uh, of course, our reigning champion is Mr. Kyle Perkins. Yep. So someone has to take him down. We have to dethrone Kyle Perkins. We we got some awesome team names though, guys. I was Let getting me ready tell to bring that up. What. I was getting ready to bring that up. Let, let's go ahead and throw some love to to Rich on his um team name, which is Kevin Lankinen's burner account. There you go, boys. I like it. Yep. It's amazing. I was trying to come up with something funny i was i was for a minute i was thinking about going with what i had last year but needed to switch it up so yeah 
And, and props to you two boys because you you have very good names as well. They're very good. <laughs> Iroslav's Molotov is going to be Kyle's team name, which is very intimidating, yep. very hilarious at the same time. Love it. It's amazing. And then I went with the Wrath of Burrow. Kind of sounds mythical. Kind of sounds mm-hmm. like something like a like an old like. Yep. Spartan movie or something like mm-hmm. the Wrath of Burrow. I'm picturing some like ripped like 300 character, and he's got the shield. And so yes, I fired Lucas Pisa. He's no longer my fantasy general manager, and I hired we, Mark Borowiecki to run my team this year. Because we don't talk and, about those people, but talk but I know them. them. But that means I'm going to have to draft Borowiecki to my team. I mean, it's just I, he can't represent my team and him not be on my team. So yes, you um, should do that. 100. Actually, go ahead and do that. He will That's be good, one of my late round draft picks. That's a good plan. Go with that. <laughs> so we have some. So Max Greenberg is in here um, again. He's doing the league. He's Roman's Empire, which is that was good. His, I think that was his yep, name last year. That was year. last year. And then um, CJ, his is Squeege 300's best team. I think he's. These are. I think these are automated names. They well, have created their team names. Oh, oh, it is. You're right. Yeah. It yeah. Is. They that give them. Yeah. A lot of our uh, a lot of our league managers haven't changed their team names yet, so we'll yeah. we'll give them time to, to actually then, change yeah. their and names. And then our, our friend Nick, which he didn't change his from last year, and if I had such a cool name, I would not either. It's UC Sorrows. That is like the best the best one. Well, before we really got to ever. know Nick, we just called him that all the time. Remember when he first when mm-hmm. he first started commenting on the podcast we just called him uc sorrows we didn't even know his name yet it was just you that's how we knew it was uc sorrows Mm -hmm. it's just it's a great name it's awesome yeah it is i wouldn't change it either it's great all right everybody so go yeah Lindsay and chris and all these other all the rest of you justin uh matt hardesty all you guys need to come up with a new name I still don't know how I ended up winning. It was like straight up dumb luck and Connor McDavid. <laughs> it was a really competitive league, though. I mean, it was everyone was really like everyone was really getting into it. There weren't any lame duck teams. Everyone cared. Everyone was making really good moves, and it was a fun league. So we're hoping to do that again. We can't wait yeah. to have four new people join the league. We've already got some people who've retweeted the original post. Uh, so let's give it a couple days and then we'll pick our winners. We'll announce, we'll tag them on Twitter sure. at our profile at Catfish Ice. So go retweet that if you're interested in joining the Catfish on Ice Fantasy Hockey League this year. We'd love to have you join us. We have a lot of fun. Yep. And we'll add you to the private group chat so we can talk hockey with us all season. Yep. Another all right. Speaking, of, speaking <laughs> of which, let's, let's talk about our another sponsor, which is DraftKings Sportsbook. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL. I cannot believe it's already NFL week one. It's awesome. Uh, it's, it's, it's really the best time of year for sports because everything is, like, intersecting. We're about to have so much sports to choose from that it's just going to be overload. Because I've been really watching the U.S. Open. I I can't remember the last time I've been so interested in the U.S. Open. Both the men's and the women's side has been really really exciting to watch. Um, but yeah, so now we have football season starting. College football has already started. Now we've got NFL starting. Hockey will be here before we know it. 
just so much overload. And that's why you need DraftKings because they can make it even more fun. Uh, right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for week one, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at at any point during the game, you get paid instantly. All they got to do is win by 10, lead by 10 points at any point, and you get paid instantly, even if they end up losing the game. So that's a pretty good bet to take right there. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes below the episode page for details on responsible gambling practices and also if you need help with a gambling problem. All right, guys. Now that we got our housekeeping in order here with DraftKings and Raycon, our two amazing sponsors that we're so grateful to have with us. For sure. Let's wrap up our player previews with just a big, wide range of players. We'll throw a bunch of players out there, rapid fire. Let's talk about – uh, the fringe part of the roster. Let's let's maybe talk about some prospects who we think. I know Kyle, you already brought up Yusuf Parson. Do you actually think he could get into the Preds lineup this year? I mean, he showed up at the end of last season to the Admirals and exceeded every expectation. Uh, he went into the uh, went in there thinking he was going to maybe get some time in a bottom six, maybe one game, and he ended up being a top six forward for them throughout their entire playoff run. Uh, kid's got a lot of talent, and, you know, stranger things have happened. But another one I really want to hit on is Tommy Novak. Mm-hmm. Tommy's a good player. Tommy is solid, yeah. yep. good penalty killer. Somebody gets injured, he should be up on the big team. Now, Tommy Novak is one of my top players that I think has the most to gain in training camp. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tommy Novak, we're talking about players like Lindsay was asking earlier about can Connor Ingram possibly like perform well in training camp to maybe make the roster. Tommy Novak is realistically a player that could do that. If he goes out there and really impresses coaches, he's already played on the NHL level and played exceptionally well. And then just yeah. had some bad luck. I think he ended up on the COVID protocol list, didn't he? He ended up on the COVID list and got sent back down and just never came back up yeah, for no, some reason right. or another. Yeah. Yep. So he's already shown coaches that he's very capable of playing on the on the on the NHL level. So he's a big player to watch in training camp. I would love to see him on a wing with Cody Glass and Ellie Tolvin, and that'd be a really fun and actually a line that would have some offensive upside to it for sure. You think about those three young players playing together; they could make some. They could they could do some damage, guys. Mm-hmm. As an offensive fourth line, now, yep. what would they be a defensive liability? That fourth line with those three, uh, maybe. I, I don't think so. I mean, Glass would be your biggest liability. I would think he, he's the least defensive, but uh, Novak is kind of known for his defense and. 
we all saw what Tolvanen did last year with hits and defensive play and everything else and forechecking. Um, he played really good defensively last year, so I don't think you're losing all that much having them out there as a fourth. I've said it several times before that I'm a fan of the Carolina model where they use four lines that can go, that mm-hmm. you don't have that traditional fourth line. And let's be all completely honest, if there's anything out there in the NHL that Nashville's third line cannot handle, they don't need to mess with it. Yep. That's a very good point for sure. That w- Yeah, that would, that would uh, be a little idiotic in my opinion, if you um, messed with your most consistent line last season and broke it up, that would just be mm-hmm. – that'd be odd to me. I don't see him doing that. No. I don't think so either. Yeah. All right. What about – let's talk about Mark Barvietsky a little bit more here because he's another player that I don't think he's going to be a starter right out of the gate, but he still has a lot of value to where you don't want him riding the pine – every game either he can still be a penalty killer for you he can still be a tone setter if he's in the game you know he's the one that's going to take the fight when the fight is needed um so i'm just really curious to see what his workload's going to be like how much is he going to be put into the lineup over a jeremy lazan or over a dante fabro that's that's I, i don't have a clear answer on what to expect there what do you what do you think, Rich? Do you th- what do you see as Borovetsky's role this season with his team? I don't think it looks good, truthfully. If I'm all if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. um, I like him as a player. It's just it seemed like last season he took some bad penalties. Um, he 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 um, needs to keep his head about him a little better, keep his cool a little bit. I know he. Uh, We'll drop the gloves no matter what. And that's that's a good quality, but you just got to pick your battles. But with with McDonough in there now, and, you know, obviously Fabro's probably going to wind up being on the third line. And Lazan, they just, you know. I, I just, just think it – I think at this point in his career, he is who he is. He's not, he's not going to yeah. change and suddenly right. be a, be a, be a, a tame um, player that doesn't take penalties. Um yeah. I, I definitely think he's going to be a rotational player. He, he'll fill in for maintenance. Um, but, I mean, his role is going to definitely be very, very diminished unless yeah. for some reason Jeremy Lazan um, just plays really, really poorly, um, which mm-hmm. isn't entirely possible. I mean, uh, Jeremy Lazan's still a very young player and is still a very um, unpolished yeah. player, if you will. So mm-hmm. it's very possible that – Lazan could have a five or six game stretch where he's playing very poorly. And then they're like, okay, we're going to get Borowiecki yep. in there. That could definitely happen. But I'm, I'm not feeling great about a Borowiecki Fabro third line, honestly. That is a very weird pairing. Yeah. Sure. So I mean, I don't, yeah. Yeah, I don't have good. I, I mean, at that, that point, anymore. at that point, I'm thinking about uh, Mark Del Geizo down in, um, in Milwaukee. He's, he's, I think he's a player that, um, if for some reason you feel like you really got to shake things up mm-hmm. in the middle of the season, he's a player that's really been building his um, junior resume and getting it. And really, I mean, his college career was really great and he's done some really good things already for the admirals. He's a player you might give an opportunity to get in if, yeah. if you have to make some moves. Yeah. Once sure. you get past Borowiecki. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, young guys uh, on the roster. That's for sure. And um, they can some of them might be able to play their way in. Alexander Carrier did. I mean, he had a really yep. good camp, and then now he's probably going to be paired with Yossi this season for the majority of the season, if if I had to guess. So we still don't even know how that's going to work yeah, out either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Another player that I think can do themselves a lot of good in training camp is Michael McCarron. I know that we don't necessarily want to see him on the fourth line, <laughs> but I'm telling you right now, if he has a really, really strong camp, he can do himself a lot of good. Um, so he's another player I'm going to be watching mm-hmm. uh, really strongly. I'm going to be really listening to the to the comments from uh, John Hines when, when they're asking him the good questions about how practice is looking and how the players are looking. Yep. Michael McCarron is another player that really needs to have a strong training camp if he wants to stick around and 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 make this team. Mm-hmm. Which he'll probably make the team, but he's going to be a healthy scratch more yeah. times than not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But if he has a really bad training camp, then he could get passed up altogether. Mm-hmm. There's a lot yeah, of – we've already sure. talked about this in past episodes. There's a lot of competition down there at that part of the roster. Yeah. So – this is probably a really good camp. You got Zach Sanford, who was signed. Um, he's signed this past offseason. He's going to be on the team, most mm-hmm. likely, um, as a healthy scratch. You'll plug and play him when you need him. But, uh, man, I'm really, really feeling good about this Tommy Novak thing. I would love to see him actually get the mm-hmm. opening night start. That's, that's, that's the one player that I'm really hoping I get to see him back quickly into the lineup. We're and I think, it's in, I think it's inevitable until he does get back into the yeah, we're on a Novak glass watch. Yeah, pretty much. So, for sure. Exciting. We already exciting. touched – I had Connor Ingram down here as well, but we've already really touched on him as far as being a French player. Um, yeah, so that's going to wrap up our season preview of the Predators. We've pretty much covered every – point of the roster if you want to go back and check out our previews of some of the other players on the team like roman yossi and matt duchene and some of these other players go back and listen to our past episodes and check those previews out we've had a lot of fun covering the team and getting you ready for the 2022-23 season which is officially a month away from today it's crazy yeah do you think that roman yossi guy will have any problem making the roster he's got to really have a good camp He's going to have to have a good camp, I believe, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to demote his butt to the third pairing if he don't mm-hmm. pick it up. Absolutely. We're gonna, if he doesn't, if he doesn't improve his play, then I, if he, Kyle, I got to tell you right now, man, if Roman Yossi does not improve his play, then we need to go back and get Ben Harper and put him <laughs> back up there. Oh man, well, I need the drums. I need like the. So awesome. Speaking of really bad comedy and really bad jokes, um, let's go ahead and close out episode 144 of Catfish on Ice with our horrible movies that we secretly love but probably don't want anyone else to know that we love these movies. So we're doing movies? Yeah. Okay. You want to – or Kyle, why don't you go? Okay, because I just watched mine the other day. Um, and I literally got the what is wrong with you from my fiance. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, and it's uh, 
The master of disguise. <laughs> yeah, what is wrong with you? <laughs> have you ever seen it, Chad? I don't think I have. I think I've heard I know it. what it is. I have not seen it. So I love Dana Carvey because he's back from when Saturday Night Live was good back when they were funny. And I love his impressions just because he goes full tilt on all these impressions. This movie is just innuendo after bad joke, after terrible impression, after it's so amazing. Is that, he dress, doesn't he dress up like a turtle or something? Yes. Am I not turtly enough for the turtle club? Let <laughs> me go like turtle, 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 turtle. <laughs> trust, me, it's, trust me, Chad. You don't want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yes, you I do. Not sell the it's movie so, very well for it's me. so bad. It's good. Yeah. Because there's a scene he's dressed up like Scarface, and he's like got all the body hair going and everything, and. He's talking to the guy, and they catch him, and he runs off. And then he's in a rowboat, and he's the captain from uh, Jaws. He's wow. <laughs> it's, wow. it's so ridiculous. And the main character's name is Pistachio. Oh, my gosh. Oh my Pistachio God. Disguise. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. It's fun. It will make you laugh. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta throw that out there. So I'll, right. I'll, I'll, let me go. let me go before you go. All right. Because mine, these aren't necessarily that they're bad movies. They're uh, movies that you probably wouldn't think that I would like. I'm gonna okay. name. I'm gonna name off three movies for you guys. All right, you ready? Number one, I've seen it. I don't even know how many times. Footloose, the original Footloose. I've seen that movie like. A whole bunch of times. Number two is going to be um, Steel Magnolias. I've seen Steel hmm. Magnolias several times. It's All a right. it's a tearjerker. The last one, Dirty Dancing. I've seen that movie tons of times. Um, oh. Make whatever, whatever. Whatever. You're not. It's not that they're bad. You just as long as you like it. Who cares what anybody That's else right. thinks? And as a bonus, I'll throw this in. I've seen every episode of the Gilmore Girls. So uh, there you go. If we want to do TV shows we love on a different episode, I'll yeah, add a long list of we embarrassing will. TV shows that I watch. Yeah. Oh. All right, let me get here. Mine are, mine are all on my list because they're super cheesy movies. Like they're very, like the acting is cheesy. The plot doesn't make any sense, but they're just so dumb that for some reason I still like them for different reasons. My first movie is from back in the 90s. I remember seeing it first when I was a kid and it was a really big time video game, Mortal, the original Mortal Kombat. From the oh, 90s. it was so bad that it was amazing. I love, it's, such, <laughs> it's such a cheesy movie. The acting is cringeworthy. The acting is so bad, but it's Mortal Kombat and it was on, it was, it's on one of the streaming services for free. And I was scrolling, looking for a movie to watch, and I could not believe I saw it. And I watched it, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it in all of its cheesy goodness. The Mortal Kombat theme song comes on when um, Scorpion is out there, and mm-hmm. Sub Zero, and get over here. <laughs> you know, 
and so cheesy, and the acting was terrible. They could have made that such a good movie, but it was. You could tell it's low budget, and it's just. I, I still think, watch it. Out isn't, isn't there? There's more than one of those. I think. Isn't there? I'm talking about the original one in the '90s. Yeah. It was like mid '90s. I don't even know if there's. I can't even tell you who the actors and actresses are in that. It, yeah, they made a the second movie. one in the '90s too, but it's even worse. Yeah, I never I saw the second one. Just I have seen the first one. I do remember seeing the first one, but it was pretty bad. Sure. I got another cheesy one here. And this is more, I don't know if you guys have seen this movie or not, but I'm a big Sylvester Stallone fan, and he's yep. he's in he's been in plenty of movies that are just cheesy and just everything's blowing up and he beats up everybody. You know, oh, that wait a minute. Let me see if I know what it is. Go ahead. This this movie's from 1989. First of all, I love like prison movies, like Shawshank Redemption is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Um did you guys ever see a movie from 1989 called Lock Up? Oh, no, that's not the one I thought you were going to say. I have not seen that. Okay, it's it's a movie about Sylvester Stallone where he's he's a long-term uh, convict, a prison convict, but he's getting ready to get released, and this, like, vengeful warden has him transferred to his own prison and keeps him in this horrible prison that's just, like, impossible to escape from. And Stallone, like, goes through all this trouble to try to escape and stuff like that. And it sounds like a great plot for a movie, but, again, it's super cheesy. The acting's horrible. It doesn't make sense. Half the crap he does in the movie makes no sense and has no point to the plot. But I still watch it every time. And if you go watch the movie, you will see exactly what I'm talking about. I'm sure it's got, like, a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's it's a horrible movie. But it's Sylvester Stallone, and for some reason I love the movie. I thought you were going to say Judge Dredd. Oh, that one's pretty bad, too. That one is bad. Um, I remember when that came out. Didn't Wesley Snipes is in that, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So when that movie came out, they did like a they were doing like a premiere thing on MTV and they were going to blow up a building. They actually blew up, a, like demolished a building in Louisville for that. Like MTV was there and they blew up a building and they had Judge Dredd on the whole thing. Okay, so this movie Lockup from 1989 has a 21% on the Rotten Tomatoes meter. Wow. Which is really bad. And it's got a 50% on the audience score, which is really bad because usually the audience usually the audience gives it like a great score no matter how bad it is. So this is a real – it's got a really bad score, but for some reason I like it. I don't know. I still watch it every time it's on. So hold on. It wasn't, it wasn't Judge Dredd. It was Demolition Man. That makes more sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you were like, why would they blow up a building for Judge Dredd? Demolition. Oh, how about any Steven Seagal movie? He is the worst. He's got to be the worst. Actor. Steven Seagal, man, and his ponytail, I mean, dude. Those I mean, movies. Jean-Claude Van Damme's pretty bad as well, but I think Steven Seagal takes the cake. You sure. guys got any? Uh, all right. Oh, Kyle, okay. You, another one? you bringing up the video game-based movie made me think. And it hit me with something that I haven't seen in forever. And there's, I have three of them. Oh, wow. The original Super Mario Brothers movie with John Leguizamo as Luigi. And I don't remember any other cast members. Oh, the, the guy that played Mario was famous. Yeah. I can't remember who he was, though. Um, there was a Street Fighter. There was a movie made about Bob Hoskins. Yeah, that, that was the other one. One of the other ones, Street Fighter, and then uh, 
I just went blank. Double Dragon. <laughs> I don't remember. Yes. That. You know, have you noticed that they really don't make movies after video games anymore? Like, I haven't seen a big time movie come out after a video game in a long time. Um, yeah, it's been a bit. They don't really do that anymore. They did a they did an Assassin's Creed movie. I remember that. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I do remember that. Yeah. And they. All did, right. I got a. Uh, I got another one. That I love this movie, but a lot of people probably think it's dumb. Jason Statham and Crank. I've seen oh, that, that is a wild movie. I love that movie. It is so dumb. Yeah. It's another one of those movies that makes no sense whatsoever, but. I I watch Crank every time it's on TV. I like I actually like Jason Statham a lot. Uh, I do too. My favorite movie of his is Snatch. Snatch that's, that's a great movie. And then um, the mechanic yeah, is really good. The mechanic is good. What's the What's the uh, football movie that Burt Reynolds was in? What's that called? Longest Yard. Longest Yard. Okay, so they did a, a British version of that where they play soccer, and Jason Statham is in that. Oh He's wow! A great actor, he is yeah, so he awesome. Is a re- yeah, great he is actor. a good actor. But Crank is one of those really cheesy movies that's not for everybody. Yeah, but like the like the I transporter, it. it's the same. Yeah, same yeah. Thing. And then I got my last movie. We've talked about this movie before, I believe, when we did our holiday special episode. But I love me some Jingle All the Way every Christmas season. <laughs> oh yeah, it's such a terrible movie. I. Arnold Schwarzenegger should never ever try to do a comedy role ever again because he just can't pull it off. Just he can't pull it off, and he—it's just the whole movie is like high on the cringe scale, but it's still a great movie. Sinbad, Sinbad's in it. Yeah, it's just the acting's not very good. Yeah, the plot doesn't make a lot of sense. But is that where he's he's trying to go find a toy or something? Yeah, the Superman doll. I'm looking for the the Turbo Man doll. That's right. He calls it the Turbo Mandal. I haven't watched it. It it's it's pretty bad, but it's a holiday. It's a holiday tradition. Well, if you want to talk about embarrassing things, I was literally before we started this, I was watching Muppet Treasure Island, and it wasn't for my kids. It was for myself. (laughs) It wasn't for. Oh my god! They're like, Daddy, what are we watching? It's like something awesome. Just hush. That is a great way to close out episode <laughs> right there. We opened up the episode and we couldn't even hear your wonderful voice. And then what and comes out at the end? I'm watching Muppets great. Treasure Island. <laughs> Everybody, we appreciate you listening with us tonight on episode 144 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Minton, Rich Hal, and Kyle Perkins brought to you by DraftKings and Raycon Mobile Earbuds. We will see you next week for a brand new episode. We're getting there. We're almost there. We're almost in the brand new season. We'll be talking about preseason games before you know it. Stay safe, everybody. Have a great week. We will see you next time. Follow us on Twitter at Catfish Ice and hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. Thanks a lot.